This is Mike. And this is Drew. Welcome to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. It is March 1st, 2023. And for episode 10, we want to know, what does it mean to be a servant leader? And we have a special guest with us today, Jeff Palmer, who's lead pastor at Partnership Christian Church in Maryville, Tennessee. And uh, you did not get lost on your way out here today, did you? No, I did not. Now, fortunately, that's what GPS is for. It oh, sometimes doesn't work out here. I was going to say, we've had people still get lost. So my, you... my first time out here, we didn't know where we were going. Really? Yeah. I was like, what is happening? Where Where are we going? Well, fortunately as well, um, this is my second time living in the Maryville area. And um, the first time I lived up here, back in 2000, my parents followed me up. And they lived only maybe about a half an hour, half a mile from here, just off of Jericho oh, wow. Road. So cool. I was pretty familiar with the area in the first place. And little did you know, one day you would be in the office of the associate minister here at Mountain View Church of Christ. <laughs> no idea. And now you've reached the mountaintop. This is it. I can see the mountains from here. That's almost the view of the mountain. There's it's a like, reason why it's called Mountain View. It's a mountain view almost. That's a... Wow. All right. Before it gets too crazy in here, um, I I found a little bit of trivia about you on your church's website. And one of the statements you made, I think, is highly controversial um, here on this podcast. And if what I'm about to say offends you and you're listening, you can send us an email at MVC, at podcast, podcast, podcast at mvcc6mile.org. Just the one podcast there. Oh. And, and respond to this uh, really... Jeff, I'm, I'm not sure what you were thinking when you said this. You said desserts should only consist of dark chocolate covered espresso beans or chocolate chip cookies. Do you still stand by that statement? Absolutely. And it's actually uh, become very beneficial for me that every um, lady in our church recognizes that as well. So, yep. Um, that sounds I, dangerous. Yeah. I don't participate in pie socials. Chocolate chip cookie socials I could participate in, but... Um, I like yeah. that. It's, what about it's, like a brownie? Yeah. Uh, that's that's on the yeah. Okay. That's on the fringe. But okay. that, I can do that. My daughter makes brownies. I, she she's a really good baker and I, I I'll eat her stuff. But um it's cooked fruit. It's the whole cooked fruit is just That's yeah, that's yeah. fair. Well, I know that this really ties in easily to the subject of servant leadership because <laughs> we're putting others needs ahead of our own and it sounds like the people at your church are practicing that by uh taking the lead role in making these desserts for you that they know you like because they want to serve you oh absolutely and, and they do it's it's, actually, it's pretty it's funny because um even when they have already planned to have something that some of the ladies know that i would prefer not to eat they'll bring me <laughs> something specific for myself um but you know, I'm also you know to fall in line with the servant leadership, um, you know, motif. I'm I'm not I'm not averse to trying and and stomaching things that yes. I know that I don't like for the sake of of my fellow brother or sister. That's what you do. So You're... even when my wife is not able to jump in and and take the bullet for me, which she does a lot, sometimes she'll interfere. She'll she'll intercept. Hmm. She'll intercept a plate on its way to me. Wow! And 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 eat some of it, and then I feel like you know I can I can bring in my empty plate, and you know my only fear is that they might think that I love it and give me a second. That's helping. right. That's what you don't want to have. Right. Well, well, Jeff. Uh, one of the things that Drew and I had talked about, one reason we asked you to come do this, is because 
you've had more ministry experience maybe than both of us combined. I don't know, but you've been serving the Lord for a while in a full-time call to ministry and not just in the United States. Correct. Yep. Um, um, and yeah, interesting journey, honestly. Um, I think everybody's journey is unique, but uh, mine specifically, uh, I was actually the second, if you want to call it a second career, second vocation um, pastor. Uh, I started out in aviation, uh, the vocation of my father. I did that for 12 years and was you know, more or less called out of aviation um, altogether as an so industry. Just to be clear, that means like being a pilot. Actually, I was in maintenance. I, okay. I uh, started out as a technician, cool. and then by the time that I left, I was in management. But um, but called out of that and into full time ministry. Started in uh, music and worship ministry, and then and into um, um, pastoral. Um, preaching ministry as wow. well. So yeah, and that that that's taken me to you know from Alabama and that that country down there uh in the <laughs> south. Um I was paroled from from Alabama in uh in 2012 and then I was uh, uh accepted a position to serve at a church in Kansas City, oh, Shawnee, Kansas. Um and then from Shawnee, Kansas were we were in New Zealand for almost 5 years and then um and then made it back to the States in mid-2020 and found ourselves back here in Maryville um, serving at Partnership. So you, you've you seen leadership not just in different parts of the world, but also in both a uh, religious sector and more of what we might say is a, a, a common or secular side of things as well. And I, I worked uh, aviation, I, I was not an engineer, but I built electrical wire bundles in Wichita, Kansas, which is the air capital of the world. Mm. I just feel like I need to say that real yep. quick. Wow. I don't struggle with elitism or anything, but uh, I, I I love the aviation background. I've always loved airplanes. And uh, one of the things I noticed is you see servant leaders in the business place and they make a difference when they put, when they truly put their employees first. They, and we talked about this a little bit in the quiet Quitting podcast was that our first one? Episode one. So if you haven't heard episode one, go back, listen to Quiet Quitting. And Drew, you had the illustration from Cracker Barrel of the manager who comes up and, and sees the spot. And what did you say the difference? Oh yeah, so there's there's one manager who you know you're cleaning up the kitchen, and there's one manager who goes, um, you need to get that spot right there. And then there's the other manager who goes, oh, let me get that for you. And yeah. that like there's a clear difference in the respect that I had for each of those different managers. No doubt. No doubt. And, and I've worked in, well, even in the, in the secular, uh, um, sector as well. Um, you know, you see that as well in, in managers and leadership, um, supervisors that are in that same capacity. You had some, when I was in maintenance that would, uh, roll up a toolbox and roll their sleeves up and help you. If you were running behind on something, there were some that would just, they would, sit back and keep their feet kicked up on the desk until you finished your job. And then, wow. you know, we all yep. went home together. Um, but in the, in ministry, it's the same thing. Um, I remember, you know, kind of going through a little bit of training and all, uh, when we were pre preparing to move to New Zealand and to, uh, church plant and, and, um, disciple make there, you know, one of the things was, um, the kind of, and, you know, I guess instilled into us in some of the training was, yeah, you're going to, you know, what does church planning look like? It's obviously going to be, you know, meetings and conversations, um, disciple making, which has many different faces, uh, teaching and preaching. But then, uh, you know, who's going to clean the toilet? 
And whenever, like for us, our family, we were more or less a, a, a team of five just because it was my wife and I and, and our three children. But our three children were too young really to do anything mm-hmm. when we initially arrived. And it was just that. It was, you just did what needed to be done, um, not for the, merely for the sake of the institution, but for the sake of the people as well. And honestly, the, the, the best, um, I, I think the best example of what I saw of that. So coming out of one particular church where I was on staff, where there was like what you were saying, Drew, there was a, that manager that was the very, um, authoritative hierarchy CEO, um, um, you know, type of leader that, um, everyone worked to serve the leader. Uh, so that was kind of my dysfunctional view of ministry. And when I started, and I say dysfunctional, it's because I felt like ministry needed to, um, needed to mimic Jesus. I mean, he is, he is the Lord of the church. And when I would look at Jesus and how he led and how he served, uh, it just didn't, it didn't compute to looking at the two. But then when I went to um, specifically uh, the church there in Shawnee, Crossroads Christian Church, I don't mind giving them a shout out because they, um, that really was a, a huge uh, part of my journey in growing in ministry and leadership. Um, the pastor, the lead pastor there, uh, Brad Fangman. Remember the first time I sat down um, for a staff meeting we had there in the little conference room. And uh, it was, there, were, there were five or six of us that sat around. We, we chatted a bit. We uh, shared about what our ministers were doing and what, what we, you know, what the week was going to look like. And uh, as we wrapped up the the meeting, um, Brad jumped up and grabbed the four hundred nine and the paper towels, and he was the one cleaning up the table and wiping down the counters and everything. And I mean, this was a church of eight hundred people, and a, and a fairly decent sized staff. I mean, largest church that I've ever been a part of. And the lead pastor was the first person to jump up and and start serving. And I was, that, that, that image has stuck with me wow. forever. Yeah, that's cool. And while most people will say, Oh, Brad's a great teacher. He's a great guy. To me, it was Brad, the servant that yes. I, that was the very first impression that I had. Wow. Yeah. Because when Jesus washed the disciples feet, it is a thankless task. It's a chore that needs to be done. And in John 13, uh, 12 through 16, in that passage, he asked them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, like you say, Brad had these other positions yeah. that were worthy, wonderful things he's doing for the Lord that he's called to do. Uh, and Jesus acknowledges that. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For, and here, here it is, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. So yeah. Jesus grabbed the 409, he grabbed the paper towels, and yet it didn't take him down a notch in his leadership or authority. If anything else, like you just testified, it must have really changed these disciples' hearts. Now, we know he also washed the feet of Judas, yeah. okay? So it doesn't always lead to some magical transformation, but we also know that all the these guys, these apostles, end up dying for Christ and end up giving their lives to the spread of the good news of Christ mm. and must have done it in a way that was genuine and real enough that people listened. So, Absolutely. So, so there's something huge to that. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and now what, what, is, what does that look like for you? Maybe give us another practical example in your ministry, or, or Drew, chime in, things that we have found um, in our 
smaller church ministries that we participate in now uh, that demonstrate servant the servant side of leadership. Certainly, I, I mean, I, I, you know, and like I said, going back to to Brad, I mean, it's like I, he was a great teacher, he was a great preacher, um, an excellent pastor, a great friend, still is. But the thing that I always remember is that one episode. I mean, I couldn't tell you the subject of things that he preached about, you know, five, 10 years ago, but I can remember that thing. And, um, I'm always, I always reflect back on Jesus's words that a servant is not above his master. Hmm. And when I think about Jesus as being my master, my Lord, I'm going, well, I need to look and see how Jesus acted and reacted in the way that he loved and served and taught and recognized that I am not above the, the example that he said. So if he's, and, and again, going back to the way that, uh, that he loved people, like you mentioned, how he washed feet um, of his friends and his enemies, how he was always willing to serve first and then, then they serve first without an agenda. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, we see that even the miracles that Jesus performed, he never says, all right, you know, profess your faith in me first and then I'll heal you. It was Jesus had compassion. He loved, he served first. Mm. And then that demanded a response from the person who, who was loved and served. And sometimes they came back to him and sometimes they didn't. But to, as far as Christ was concerned, that was not his, his primary obedience to the father was to be a servant. I mean, he himself said, I like, I've, I've not come to be served, but to serve. And to be a to be a sacrifice to be that that person that that lays down his life for others and uh, for for me that's that's what I try to be and I fall well short of that all the time. I mean, there's an easy place, especially the way that the institution of the church has kind of raised the level um, of the pastor. Yeah. Um, the 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 respect and I, I'm not I'm not you know. I'm not bashing the church for doing that, but it's just that it can easily go to our head. I mean, easily. We, we can easily say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, the, the, these, these trivial things, these menial things are beyond me, and there are other people that will do those. Um, but for me, I've tried to always re- be reminded again that saying of Jesus, servant's not above his master. Mm-hmm. So to shoulder up beside everybody in the church and to recognize that, um, that myself and my brothers and sisters within uh, within my fellowship, we are all equal. Um, I'm a disciple just as they are. Uh, God's equipped us and has called us to do different things. For mine, it's been um, teaching and 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 um, discipleship, but other people have other gifts. Regardless, we are still we're still children of God, and um, we're still um, His sons and daughters, and we're still brothers and sisters of Jesus. So, in that way, we are we have an equality about us, in which we should be working alongside one another, um, shouldering up beside one another to honor the Master, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And I think, Drew, I know we've talked a little bit about how we have been trained even differently than some who going back a couple generations were trained that you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps in ministry and you assume you're going to be alone and isolated. And we've talked about the importance of building the kind of community you're talking about, Jeff, of a community of ministers who are serving together Mm -hmm. 
and finding boundaries in some of that. Drew, you had something you wanted to... Yeah, um, Jeff, what you said about remembering, you know, that action of Brad, your minister, um, as opposed to his his sermons. Um, I talked about this in a sermon a couple weeks ago, but this idea that um, I was sitting in a class and the professor said, okay, write down the top five most influential sermons in your life. And I got maybe four. And then, okay, now write down the top five influential people in your life. And I wrote down like, you know, six or seven, and none of them were preachers. Right. So it's it's about the action as opposed to anything you say. Certainly. Yep. Because ideally, we we as ministers uh, on this podcast today, you know, what we want to function as is a minister to ministers, knowing full well that we may never get credited in somebody's life looking back with a good memory saying, I remember when this minister or this pastor did this for me, but we hopefully are equipping other people by our example of grabbing the 409 bottle and the paper towels and doing the things to show that we see a need and we meet a need. If we need to, we can delegate if we're meeting a lot of needs, but we're not the guy you described kicking the feet up on the desk and saying we're, we're too clean to do that. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in trying to prepare a little bit for this uh, there was a bunch of different studies that centered around uh, pastors and being stressed and ministers who are overwhelmed with too much to do because sometimes out of good motivation we take on too many of the projects and we're afraid to delegate and we've had that conversation on this podcast before but uh, one of the things that's mentioned here in a, an article by Barna posted um, April 22nd 2022 uh, it said uh, over four in five pastors who haven't considered quitting, 83% say they believe in the value of their ministry. Another three quarters feel they have a duty to stay and fulfill their call to ministry. And uh, to me, that's at the core of what we're talking about here is all three of us in this room are called to ministry. Mm -hmm. And so that makes it worth what, whatever boots we've got to get muddy, whatever hands we got to get dirty. That's worth it to us. And so to me, I don't, I have not really had the thought I'm too good for a certain job. I have had the thought, I don't know if I can do everything, mm -hmm. or I have had the, th the resentment that more people aren't helping. And then I have to have that honest conversation. Have I asked for help? Yeah. Have I, you know, a servant leader is still a leader and I still need to lead and say, here is a need. Can you please meet this? Can you please meet this? I still have to lead. And so we, we got to continue to help clean up where there's a need, but then we got to prioritize. And if you, you have simultaneous needs and somebody's saying, Mike, I need to talk to you right now. And somebody else is saying, Hey, I got a flat tire. Can you help with this? Mm. And you start, we have those situations. Certainly. Right. Where we're all, everything's going off at once. And at that moment, how do you prioritize and how do you delegate uh, and, and how do you discern what the top priority is in the moment or the day when you got everybody asking for you? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. You, you, you walk this fine line of um, being a servant, uh, but yet not um, being mindful of things that lead to or things that are birthed out of pride and arrogance that mm. I am the only one who can do this. Oh, there it is. Or I am the only one who can do this right, or it's not going to be done. You know, th that that's the type of thing where we we walk that fine line. No, we're going to have to ask you to leave. You made it too personal. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that was not. That was, we're going to, okay. Brady, we're going to scratch the whole podcast. Yeah. No. And, and you know, it's good. In, in that, you you see that um, every, every op 
every opportunity presents a, a potential for ministry and for growth that, um, you know, I think about a lot of times whenever I'm, whenever I'm given a task or, I've, or a task comes on me, who is it that not, it's not necessarily who is it that can get to do this for me, but who can I, mm. um, you know, who can grow alongside me yeah. by helping me do this? Right. Definitely. And you know right. what? 95% of the time it's never done to our standards. Like we, we That's know right. that this is not the way that we would do it. Yeah. Right. And, and we have to stand back and sometimes we pull our hair out and we grit our teeth and we go, and you know what? I, I, I wouldn't have done it that way. It got done. Um, but at the same time, whoever that I ask to to be a part of this particular task or ministry, they were doing what they did as a disciple of Jesus Christ, and they yes. did it to the Lord. Yes, and I have to celebrate that. Absolutely. So there's um yeah. So we do we 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 walk that fine line, and I think that that really comes with um with a lot of prayer, uh, discernment, just yes. being in tune with the voice of God and and always keeping our pride and our arrogance in check um, so that we recognize the things that we're doing and things that we take upon ourselves are not done out of, again, out of that, out of that pride and arrogance thinking that, well, no one else can do this as good as me or do this. Um, I have to be the one to do this. Um, but that we are, we are delegating for the sake of spiritual growth Um and we're we're praying, Lord, who who can I who can I bring alongside me? Who would you rather do this thing? And it's, sometimes it can be simple questions like that. God, would you rather me do this, or would yes, or do you want to send someone else to do this? I, I've asked that question before. Well. I get nervous and anxious, and I've, I've got to get this, and I'm being convicted. I'm getting ready to do something out of fear, and out of perfection. And Lord, does this need done? And I, if I believe the answer is yes, then. Am I the one to do it? And a lot of times it's no. Just mm. go ahead and call so-and-so, text so-and-so. And in doing so, I've got to admit that I can't do it all. Yeah. And in doing so, I need to be willing to trust that person to do it the way God's led them to do it. So, uh, you know, Jeff, I, I appreciate you taking time to be out here. And uh, I know we're at the end of the podcast and we got so sure. much more we could talk about. But I appreciate Partnership Christian Church for sharing you, whether they knew they were sharing you <laughs> or not. They well, didn't, but they're probably going to find out. But I, the podcast. I, I love our blunt... Uh, Blunt County Area Ministers Prayer Group. We've been having once a month for over a year now. Is that right? Yeah, it's been good. And and I, really I love uh, you know meeting everybody at uh, Louisville Christian Church and uh, Meadowbrook Christian Church, First Christian Church, and um, we've just uh, and everybody at Partnership. We've enjoyed that fellowship, and I appreciate you sharing some of your experience. We hope to have you on again. I know we didn't even tap into barely any of the stories we wanted to get into, but oh, that's all right. But we got your experience, <laughs> and I appreciate that. And uh, you, um, Drew, I've got a verse. If you have anything else, no, that you I'm good. To Go ahead. Plug in on this: that Philippians chapter two, verse three says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves." And I think just you sharing what you have seen work in churches. And what true discipleship looks like and trusting others to lead uh, is encapsulated in that verse. And so, and for I, the record, you did not share that verse with me when God prompted the things for me to say about humility, because I think that's in that I see God working in in unity. Yes, uh, you've even yeah. you can't see it, but you've you, folks, He's got His screen turned away from me, so I can't actually see. 
the, the scripture that he had picked out. And it's just, uh, you know, yeah, I just see that affirmation yeah. in that. That is it. Yeah. And that's what I've appreciated about you as Drew and I've gotten to know you is you, you are led uh, by Christ. You prioritize prayer. And uh, I know you being here today, just sharing your story, uh, just as you were led by the spirit. And I, I think, again, I didn't share a script with you. No, right? not at all. And so I didn't I, even know I, what I was I, coming I, to talk about. And we didn't even know. We, Drew and I were talking and we said, well, we didn't do a high amount of preparation for this because in servant leadership, uh, this is something you don't prepare much for servant leadership. Mm. We're talking about funerals. We're talking about weddings and these things that you can do some prep work. But a lot of it is you just have to plunge in as a servant being led by Christ and be ready to lead others. But we can't lead others if we're not being led by mm. Christ. So yeah, amen to uh, that. Jeff, thank you again. This has been Mike and Drew, and you've been listening to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. Email us at uh, podcast at MVCC, the number six mile.org. I got it right that time. Eat your vegetables. <laughs>